This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money. Up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Hello, elegant listeners, and welcome to Go! My favorite sports team, the podcast that's leaping off your ears and into the world. Off your ears? I don't know. Off your mics, speakers, off your speakers, leaving off your speakers into your ears and into the rest of the world. I'm Tyler Shad, the master of balls and holes, which weirdly enough, I didn't say in the last episode, joined by the ever illustrious Markiplier. Hi. He's here. I am ready to leap his way into deeper, more in-depth sport news and sport things. Yippee! Yahoo! And towards more lenses, because lenses are great. Well, I'm kind of slowing down on the lenses I'm buying, uh, just because, I like, believe it or not, there's a point where you have enough, but I'm to the point where I'm going to start rehousing them. I've already sent a few off to uh, get rehoused, but I've got most of the collection complete, and now it's just, like, a matter of divvying up the quality, evaluating everything, which, like, that's a time-consuming process of, like, individually testing each one to really get it. I had to get a projector. Basically, it's called a lens projector, and it basically projects an image, and you can see on a wall, like a normal projector, you can see, like, it's you know, focal length and its ability. And especially if you're getting rehoused, you know, you're going to, you're going to do some technical analysis of it. And there's a, there's a higher end thing called an auto collimator, which I don't even know what it is. Whoa. That sounds very technical. Yeah. Otherwise, like I do, I do that just to like check quickly to see if there's something horribly wrong with the lens, with a lens projector. It's an easy way to do that. The other way that you have to do is you have to take individual pictures of a static setup with a, like a lens chart and stuff like that to really get an idea of like what the lens is doing, any kind of flaws and characteristics. And then you can compare pair one lens of the same type to another to see like which one is performing better which one is nicer um which one has a flaw that is detrimental to the image fascinating yes it is it is but uh, people at home don't care about that they care about how bad a job you're doing 
What? Jacuse! Jacuse! The ghosts are back again? I thought we abolished them with the contest. No, we didn't. That just that just gave them more power. Uh, what were you thinking? You did a ritual to summon the most amount of Jacuse ghosts, and you thought that that would banish them to the other realm for all eternity? No. At least for a while. At least until I actually got back from Thailand. It was a while. You're right, it was a while. It was almost a full month. Yep, pretty much. But anyway, they're back. So we got ML Boss 2209. Jacuse. Tyler, you giving a brief and simple summary of sports for people who are new to them is an amazing idea and you have been doing a mostly good job of it. However, there is one very big problem, the absolute butchering of any and all sports involving bikes to, as you say, quote, point to point. You have completely skimmed over multiple amazing forms of biking by combining <laughs> them into this title given for the Tour de France, ignoring BMX freestyle and racing, passing on track biking, and outright slandering mountain biking by suggesting that it is the same as road racing in any way, shape, or form. This slander of all biking sports has disappointed me, Tyler, as it has tarnished the view I had of you being informed on the many forms sports could take. Now that you have ruined my image, you, the only thing I will accept as a form of apology is an in-depth explanation of the many forms of bicycle racing and their clear differences. I am sure this will not be a problem for you, and I wish you a good day. Uh, will not be a problem. The reason, uh, the reason for the Tour de France episode was to just simply talk about the Tour de France. And Mark took me on a tangent of being like, we have to talk about the sport of cycling, not just the event, which is true. And I should have done that. But it made sense to talk about the event in the sense of it was happening at that moment. And I agree. I did fail you on that front. But that's not to say that I have failed you forever. It simply is that those primers have not come to light yet. Those primers are to come. And each different form of cycling in some capacity might have their own primer if there's enough to talk about. But we'll definitely talk about the various forms of cycle sport that exist. Well, that was a terrible excuse, but whatever, I guess. I guess it'll do. Man, I hate it when the subreddit, when I click on the Jacuse thing and it just doesn't actually do anything. It goes, I can't find anything. It's like, thanks. That was very helpful. Here we go. Jacuse, but in French by Trevesty. Mark, Mr. Markiplier, how dare you? How could you? I'm assuming this is talking about you and not me. Uh, let's just say, instead of saying Mark, let's go Tyler. In the recent episode of GMFST, you had Tyler's brother and father with you alone. How dare you not ask them about their French lives? You have always said that Tyler came from France and Tyler, oh, you're right. Damn it! Tyler always denied it, but you had two of Tyler's relatives with you. You could have invaded their minds to make them say the truth that Tyler's really French. It would have been easy. All you had to do is give them a baguette or a croissant. They would have been like ducks to bread. There you would have had a chance to make them tell the truth. But no! You did nothing of the sort. How could you, Mark? All right. <laughs> that is very fair. That is very fair. Tyler's French laugh almost came through there. <laughs> All right, that's on me, guys. Ghosts, that's on me. I failed you. I can't believe the opportunity was right in front of me all along. But I guess the truth is just so seated in my heart. You know, I, I don't even need to question it anymore. So there was no nothing in my head that doubted it. I looked at his family and I was just like, French, 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 bunch of Frenchies, French, French people, Frenchy people. Uh-huh, Eiffel Tower, I bet they're thinking, uh-huh. And that's that's all I saw. You're right. We are friendly people. That's correct. French. Friendly. It's It makes sense. It's not your first language, English. So uh, you didn't know what I was saying. I guess. You have failed. This is the first Jacuse that actually called out a distinct failure of yours. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. I got one. How many you got? Scoreboard. Wait, no. Lower is better. Lower is better. Lower is better. <laughs> 
Lower is better. Golf rules. Garboard. Put upside down. All right. Ghosts are gone. That's it. Just those two. Yeah. What? What? You want more? I. I you know, it's been a while. So. Ace. At first, you were just like, no, can't have it. I just didn't know if you had more or not. Oh no, I got nothing. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary. Whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com sports team well mark this year is a unique year yeah why it only happens once every four years that this year occurs you know what this year is oh god i don't know man i, I don't i don't know it's a leap year oh! okay that means february is not 28 days it is 29 wow so all of our elegant listeners and viewers will get five episodes this month instead of four. Oh boy that's right there's another episode in february after this one because it is a leap year so to celebrate that fact and in anticipation for leap day we're going to discuss some sports that involve leaping hopping and jumping so mark Yes. You've leapt some leaps. You've hopped some hippities. Yeah, I've done a skip it, bop it. You've jumped your way into things. Yep, yep, moon shoes, done it all. You've trampolined up a wall. Absolutely. Vertical, unvertical, you name it. So Mark, give me some examples of sports that you think of when you think of leaping, launching, jumping. Crosswalk thing, hopscotch. What is it? Hopscotch? Hopscotch? Yeah, the hopscotch. one, two, three, four, one, two, 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 three, four. I wouldn't call that a rope. sport, but that's a game. Maybe it is a sport. We've got jump rope. Jump rope. That that could be a sport. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We've got uh uh the floor is lava. Oh, great. Great game. Great game. Yep. Great great game. You know, dodgeball in some capacity has a lot of leaping around and jumping in for dodges sometimes. Yeah, dodge. You know, you can jump and dive, dive, dip. Uh I think that's it. So all you got? That's all you that's got? That's it. Ski jump! Oh, there you go. Ski jump. Ski jump, yeah. Ski jump. Before we get into that, we need to discuss why there's magically another day in February called Leap Year. And Mark, why do you think it is? 
It's because they don't know how to make a calendar. You would accurately somewhat be correct. You blame it on Earth's orbit and people trying to have a standardized way of telling time. Uh, and how long it takes the Earth to revolve around the sun isn't exactly a perfect number of what we have so-called days. Mm. So without adding an extra day every so often, we would slowly move out of sync with the seasons, even though the seasons seem to be shifting anyway on their own accord. But it's called leap year because each date on the calendar jumps ahead two days of the week ahead of the year before instead of one. For example, if your birthday was Thursday one year, the next year it would occur on Friday, and but because of a leap year, it would be on Saturday instead. There are many sports and athletic activities across the globe that involve leaping, jumping, hopping, from hopscotch, like you mentioned, to camel jumping. Camel jumping, wow. So act one. Ah, uh, the Romans. Nope, the leaping, hopping, and jumping sports. We've got a few. We've got frog jumping. Fur Lejepin, Fear Yepin. You're really not gonna gloss over the fact that the calendar was established by Julius Caesar? This literally could not be more related to Rome. It's true. The leap, the whole thing of leaps. You're, you, this is the one moment. Do you know why Julius Caesar changed the calendar? Because he's an egotistical moron. It was after his two children. Exactly. He's an egotistical moron that threw off the entire of timekeeping for all of human history because he couldn't get it out of his ass to name months after his children. And then make it 12 months, whereas it was a nice 10 before. It was a nice 10. It sure did work out it worked around the solstices it sure did it sure did why don't we if you, everyone's ignoring the accuracy of the mayan calendar which is like extremely accurate and there's so many different calendars that we could adopt that would be more easily divisible not as confusing not have random ass days thrown in and that december could actually be 10 and october would be eight not, not many people know it you know oct like an octagon the latin root for eight guess what month october October is the frickin' 10th. You know what, Des? That's the Latin root for 10. November, Nov is the Latin root for nine. All of these used to be different, but no, no, had to have two more. In all fairness, the two that he added were January and February. Which doesn't make any sense. The calendar used to start from March and go to December. So la-di-da, we live in a system where literally every month have a different number of days. February sometimes is on the 29th. People born on the 29th of February, you only get a birthday once every four years. Every, like, and it still isn't lined up to the rotation of the sun. Nope. Just slips every once in a while. Oops. Anyway, hi. Yes, I wanted to get spicy about the calendar because it's stupid. That's fair. Now we can get into leaping sports. All right, act one. We got leaping. We got hopping. We got jumping sports. We got frog jumping. We've got fear yepin, leapfrog, tombstoning. To what? We've got camel jumping. You know, we got we got leaping sports. All right. So what do what do all these sports have in common? Well, they got leaping, jumping, hopping of some kind, right? So let's talk about frog jumping. Frog jumping is a competitive sport where frogs are entered into competitions to see which frog can jump the farthest. Mm. Frog jumping contests are held across the U.S. and Canada and rose to popularity due to Mark Twain's short story, The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County, which is based on a tall tale he heard. And the most well-known job frog jumping contest is the Calaveras Jumping Frog Jum Jubilee, taking place since 1928 here in California in Angel's Camp. 
So what, mm-hmm. what do we know about this sport? We got frogs, right? They got to jump and they got to jump far. Before you and your frog can compete, you'll need to take part in the qualifiers that take place in the four days leading up to the grand fi- uh, finals. Only the top 50 frogs can compete in the Cal- Calaveras Jumping Frog Jubilee. To begin the competition, you place your frog on a starting lily pad and yell, sing, whistle, dance, or stomp to get your frog to start jumping. Once your frog is on the starting lily pad, you can't touch the frog or you and your frog friend will be disqualified. Your job as the frog jockey is to attempt to get the frog to move, continue moving directly forward since the final distance will only be measured from the starting lily pad in a straight line to the final landing position. The final landing position is the frog's landing spot after its third hop. So you want to make sure those hops are large ones and they're in the same direction. The frog that jumps the furthest forward will win for their jockey. And the world record is held by Rosie the Riveter with their three jumps totaling 21 feet, five and three quarters inches. So you got to have that bond with that frog, you know? You got right, to yeah. you got to you got to get them You got to smooch the frog. You got to be the princess and the frog or the prince and the frog or the frog s or the prince and the frog or the princess and the frog s. We don't judge. Yeah, whatever fits your ribbon. All right, now we got fear yepin. Fear yepin. It's an extreme sport mark. What do you think it is? I'll give you a hint. It's Dutch. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. That's my hint. It's Dutch. They put on wooden shoes and dance in flower fields and leap through the air next to windmills. Nice. Good try. And leaky dams. Leaky dams. You mean like canals? No. Well, Fear Yepin is canal jumping. It's not for the faint of heart. It's a Dutch sport that started out as a way to travel the many waterways of Netherlands. When traveling, if someone came to a small canal stream or drainage ditch, they'd have to pull vault themselves to the other side. Good Lord. As it was faster than traveling miles to the nearest bridge or boat. Uh, eventually, it turned into competition with the first official match taking place in 1771. And the goal of Furyepin is to travel as far as you can using the pole. So if you want to compete, Mark, you'll need to travel to the Netherlands to begin. You'll need a fiberglass pole that's between 8 and 13 meters. That's a big range. That is a large range. Has a flat round plate with the bottom uh, so your pole doesn't sink into the muddy river bottom because that'll ruin your ability to, to vault on the pole, right? So you start your attempt by running down a 15 to 20 meter long dock towards your pole that's already in the water and pointed towards you. Don't spear yourself now. Resting on the dock, when you reach the pole, you'll use your momentum to start moving forward and climb the pole as you're swinging. The higher you can climb, the farther you'll travel because that's how circles work. Because you're doing an arcing motion, arc fashion, you know? So you'll want to get up as high on the pole as possible before the pole completes its arc towards the other side of the canal. Now, if you climb too fast, you might lose your momentum and not get to the tipping point to go over, you know, physics of angular momentum. When the pole starts swinging towards through the other end of the ground, it's time for you to springboard off the pole at the top to get a few more feet or meters because you're up of distance before you land. So it's it literally just pole vaulting across, but the punishment for failure is you go in the river and die. 
Yep, there there are so many things that'll eat you in there. I mean, rivers are dangerous. Depending on the current, it could be extremely dangerous. Uh, I mean, even without a current, if the the bottom is as muddy that you need the the pole to not be pointy, you know, you might touch the bottom and get stuck down there and drown. But it's as simple as whoever travels the farthest wins. Now we got Leapfrog. All right. Mark, did you ever do Leapfrog as a kid? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like there were Leapfrog games, but they came up with the name of that from video games by the actual game of Leapfrog, where you would act like you're a frog and leap over another person's back. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure I've done it. Don't ask me when, but I did definitely. But this playground game has been around for many years, just like we have. We don't know exactly where it came from, but there's records of it being played almost 200 years ago. 200 years, Mark. 200 years. There's even an account from 1844 of how it was played. And this is a quote. Leapfrog is a most unrivaled pastime among boys, and there is nothing like it to improve the understanding and give them a good appetite. Any number of boys may play leapfrog, but they should take care to have plenty of space and pick a spot not particularly remarkable for sharp stones or rough gravel. A meadow is not so well at this season of the year as it is apt to be damp and boggy, but a good open road or common path is a great place for this game. What accent was that? In playing it, the first boy who runs out to make a back, as it is termed, should hold his head down close beneath his shoulders, which should be well elevated. His hands should be placed on his knees, not firmly, but so that they will slide if necessary. Or instead of the hands being on the knees, the arms may be folded when good players make a game. After a back has been set, the second player runs, takes his leap, and sets a back for the rest. The third now runs and leaps over numbers one and two, setting a back in the same way. The fourth over one, two, and three, and the fifth over one, two, three, and four, and so on, till the whole number of players are run out. When this is the case, number one takes his leap over number two, three, and so on, and continue their leaps until all the players are tired. Till they're all tired. Ooh. <laughs> Till they're all sweepy. Mm. Till they're all just like, oh, so tired. It's so eepy they fall asleep on the ground. I never say eepy again. <laughs> wrong with you? All right, time to leap. Time to leap. Time to leap. Yeah, you. Yeah, I hear you. To play Leapfrog, you'll need a few friends to leap over, and somewhere big and flat enough. Oh, you're actually explaining Leapfrog. Oh, you're actually explaining the sport of Leapfrog. There oh. isn't really set rules, so you <laughs> win is up to what you and your fellow Leapfroggers decide on. In this version, it's an endurance competition in a grassy field. However, there is a way to make it a competition where you have two teams and you race to a goal from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And you have set ramifications for what happens if you were to cheat or and set distances in which you can be in front of the person you have just leapt upon to create a new back to leap from. You win by getting to the goal faster or if you're doing the endurance competition, whoever is the last to collapse from exhaustion, which could be miles depending on your age. Yeah, leapfrog. I mean, it's not an easy thing to do when you really think about it. You are leaping your entire body over something and you can only do that for so many occurrences. But yeah, that would tire you out pretty quickly. Unless you were an elite leapfrog athlete, which is apparently a thing. Don't let your dreams be dreams, man. Don't let, let I never do. That's the thing about me. I never do. My dreams get out of my head. They're out. I can't keep them inside. They'll kill me. But if they're out of me, I can fight them on even terms. Oh, so you're going to fight your leapfrogging dreams? I'm going to kill my leapfrogging dreams. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to leapfrog over it. 
before it leapfrogs over me. Wow. Inspiring. I know. I, that's also what I am. Well, it's time for tombstoning. Excuse me. So what do you think tombstoning is? Just by the name, you know? Tombstoning is leaping over tombstones to escape the skeletons that are emerging from underneath. It's like a version of floor is lava, but there's skeletons reaching up and going, rattle, 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 and you gotta leap over the tombstones to get away from them. I'm right, aren't I? If that were the case, it would be a lot- You don't need to say it, I'm right. It would be a lot safer if that was true. Oh, this is more dangerous than that? You know how skeleton is known as skeleton because, you know, head first and kind of scary and dangerous? Well, that's kind of the case with tombstoning. It's the ultimate leap of faith. Tombstoning is a type of cliff jumping where you jump off of a cliff into a body of water while keeping your arms and legs straight. No ropes, no harnesses, no life jackets. So it can be extremely dangerous if you don't know what you're doing or even if you do. Good Lord. It's impossible to pinpoint an exact origin of when people first started cliff jumping, but it's likely to have been, you know, standing on the edge of a cliff with some buddies staring at the water, then going, hold my beer, even before beer was invented. Or they were being chased by some other thing that was more deadly and made it more appealing to try and take the risk of jumping off the cliff. You're right, man. That was that is more dangerous than what I was saying. So you, you got me on that one. Why would anyone do this? I know that cliff jumping is a thing. I know your brother does that kind of things, but this seems like a more dangerous version of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's something you think about it. There are different places where people would uh, climb down the cliff edges and get the uh, the honey that's like uh, hallucinogenic honey. I don't know if you heard about that. I have. Yes. There are situations where this just becomes a part of the culture and is something that's important that people do to maybe prove their their cojones, you know? Their cojones. Their braveness, their... Cojones. Cojones. Their cojones. But I don't know. But the extreme sport isn't officially recognized, so the rules aren't set in stone. But generally, a group of jumpers will jump together and see who can get the furthest or deepest or who can surface first after diving or jumping. I win, Greg! Greg, I beat your ass! Why are there sharks here now? And blood? <laughs> oh, no. Now, there have been many drownings, deaths, and serious injuries from tombstoning and other forms of cliff diving, so... Big Mark, you ready? You ready to go tombstoning? I'm already jumping. I'm in the air. My diapers are flapping. I'm pulling my diaper off as a parachute. Poof. Baby Mark, it is us, the stone gods of tombs. What is it, god? <laughs> to tombstone. You need to fly across the pond to the UK and find a cliff with a body of water below it that's deep enough for you to jump into without hitting the bottom. Which for you, baby Mark, because you are small, it is hard for you to sink further. Uh -huh. Technically, you don't have to go to the UK, but that's where the term is thought to have originated from and thus where the gods have arranged it to be so for you. We may not be an official sport and it may be extremely dangerous. But you want to make sure that you decide that jumping into water from 50 or more feet is something you really want to do. Think about it. I don't. That's the thing. Well, too bad. Just make sure you bring a friend or two that aren't going to jump so that they can call for help if something bad happens. Okay. Before you jump, you want to do some mental preparation. Sit and meditate next to the Eastern Island heads. 
Om, om, om. Now make sure you keep your arms and legs straight so that you're in a vertical plank for tombstone in the air. Like when you're diving in a water park? Yes, like down a water slide. The water will likely be much colder than the air, so you'll need to be aware that your muscles might tense up, causing you to expel the air out of your lungs. <laughs> The split second of extra reaction time from being prepared for the cold could both help you get to the surface faster. What does that even mean? What do you mean prepared for the cold? I, if I know it's going to be cold, I don't need the split second before to go, oh yeah, it's cold. Ha ha, almost got me on that one. You, if, if Do you train your reaction time from your tootsie to your brain? So you're like, your tootsie dubs in, it's cold, watch out. From what I have heard, you can pre-clench before the clench of involuntary result. You can pre-clench. Trust me. Trust me. I'm clenched. Trust me, I'm also the god of of boof bouldering boof bouldering excuse me boof bouldering that's not a thing that we definitely didn't talk about before you freak when you jump you can go feet or head first depending on how strong you think your neck is the way you win is by not jumping off a cliff or risking breaking your neck well who wants to be boring people who want to live Anyway, that's the end of the Tombstone God. All right, so I I had that moment with the Tombstone Gods as I was falling, and I remember all of it. I snap, clench, and bloosh, I'm in the water. No, now swim to the surface and not die and get back to the shore. Uh, I didn't. I didn't make it. <laughs> Baby Mark's dead. The, they're calling for help. He might be revived. Nope. All right, Mark, it's time for the one we've all been waiting for. Camel jumping. Oh, I had forgotten. <laughs> Just as the name says, camel jumping is the cultural sport of jumping over camels. For whose culture? Traced back to ancient Yemen. Yemeni? Uh, yeah. And the sport is exclusively practiced by men in the Zaranik tribe on the west coast of Yemen. Why only men? That's how they do it over there, I guess. I don't know. That's just the rules. Okay. But camel jumping events take place during local celebrations like weddings and festivals. The members of the Zaranik tribe are the world's only professional camel jumpers. The objective of the sport is to jump a group of up to six camels that are pushed close together. A jump is not valid if any part of the body touches any part of the camel. You must be barefoot, but sometimes they'll allow you to wear traditional attire that's tucked in at their ways to prevent it from hindering during the jump so it's not necessarily jumping from a camel to another camel it's jumping over a camel it's jumping over multiple camels as many camels as you can jump the athletes start off from a distance sprint towards the camels to make the jump there's a takeoff one foot high mud mound where the jumpers use for liftoff to make the leap and the competition starts with just one camel and as competitors continue to clear the camels more and more and add it the athlete that jumps over the most camels without touching them wins. Wins. You jump over camels. That's, you know, uh, you'd think that would be the end of it, but oddly enough, no. This takes us back to the ancient Romans, baby. Back in Rome, they conquered many countries that had camels, see? And one of their strategies that they employed in battle was to jump over the camels, thereby rendering the camel riders obsolete. And they would stab them on the way down. And so all of the other countries had this uh, uh, Roman way of war burned into their memories and they practiced camel jumping ever since to be better at them. For when the Romans eventually came back with camels, because they didn't know what horses were. And really what happened is the people of Yemen, particularly those of the Zaranik tribe. Yes. Yeah. They were all killed, but the Zaraniks developed the stratagem to also jump the Romans' candle. 
camels and therefore have the memory of it and created it as a sport for themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, Mark, we're going to do something a little bit different in the end of this episode. You know, we've covered a number of different leaping sports. Some are jumping across canals with poles. Some are just a childhood game of leaping from one back over the other back in a race. Yeah. You know, some of them are jumping over other animals and some of them are animals jumping themselves as you quax them into jumping farther. But I would love with all of this beautiful inspiration at your doorstep, including the one where you just jump off a cliff to your death. To death? I would love for you to create your own leaping, hopping, or jumping sports. Homping? Hopping, hopping, my word, hopping. Listen, I pick hopping, I pick hopping, I'll make a hopping sport. I want you to make your sport, but before you do, which one of the sports did we talk about do you think is your favorite, most intriguing? Leapfrog marathon. Absolutely, because I don't want to jump off a cliff and I don't want to jump over a camel. And you don't want to jump a canal on a pole? Honestly, I had forgotten all about that one. How could you forget for yepin? I wish I had for... There's one before that. I've also forgotten what that one was. That was the one where the frog jumps. Never mind. Leapfrog it is. Leapfrog's your favorite, but now I would love for you to create your own ultimate leaping sport, mixing them together, doing your own version. The world is your oyster to create a jumping, leaping her or yumping sport. All right, so here's the deal. You find someone with as many lenses as me, and you each put one lens on the ground. You jump over the other person's lens, and then you both put another lens down, and you jump over both. <laughs> you keep putting it up and up and up and up, and the first one to knock over the pyramid of lenses, and thereby destroying all of the lenses, loses. Do they have to pay for all the broken lenses? Yes. No. Yes. Are the lenses on cameras? Are you being recorded each time it gets stacked? It's uh, there. Some are. Some are not. Is there is there another variant of it where it's uh, who can crash through the most lenses as possible and break as many? Oh God! No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever breaks the 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 most amount of uh, financial damage that occurs by breaking the lenses is that the victor? <laughs> oh, 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 oh man! Oh, okay. All right. Whoever can destroy your soul the most by absolutely abolishing the rare of rare lenses oh yeah that would that would hurt a lot what would you name this sport lens a leaping uh homping homping lenses homping just homping because i like that h-o-m-p-i-n-g it's homping yep homping good time it's an exquisite sport mark this i i don't want to play it <laughs> I want you to make a sport you want to play. No, no, it's the most dangerous game. Please. All right, let's combine hopscotch with um tombstoning. <laughs> right, yeah, there's a floating hopscotch on the water down below and you got to come down with 1 foot or 2 feet depending on what you're going for. You hit your target, you get to go to the next one. Go back all the way up and then and then poof. See, I picture it as, as hopscotch. You you throw the rock, and the rock lands in the one you can't use, and it suddenly becomes a giant cliff edge that you have to avoid. I, here's the thing. I don't know how hopscotch works. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the rules are. So, uh, yeah, that was all just guessing for me. So hopscotch, if you don't know how hopscotch works, you have you pick up a stone, you draw the hopscotch on there, you throw your stone, Whatever stone the rock lands in, you cannot touch that square. But in the process of getting to the other end, you have to stop and pick up the stone and continue on. Okay, I see, I see. And so if you fall over while getting your stone or you hop out of the square, you lose. I see it now. So hopscotch, if you threw it and it became that cliff, you had to dive down into the cliff, get your rock back, climb back up and continue your hopscotch. 
Yep, that's what I did. 100% guaranteed. That's what I did. I, I was surprised you didn't bring the Easter Bunny into this and making him have to hop dance and hopscotch his way to victory, you know? Listen, my brain is too big to waste on such trivial matters such as this, so I wouldn't bring him into this. Her? Easter Bunny? Her? Him? Them? They? Them? Her? Him? Them? They? Every potential pronoun imaginable. All of the above. Her. Her. You're you're saying the Easter Bunny is most definitely her? If the Easter Bunny officially lays eggs, right? And we go anything by the understanding of, of sex, then it would be female bunny that is then henceforth laying the eggs. The, the percentage likelihood of that being their selected pronoun is pretty decently high. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's gonna do it for the the leap leaping the, the leaping episode, the leaping sports, yes. the hop skippity dop. We leaped, we learned, we loved. We hope you enjoy your leap day. While we're gonna leap our way out of here, go on uh, the subreddit with your jacuses, with whatever you want to comment on or share about us. Um, be sure and share the episodes with a friend if you want to hear what we're up to and possibly keep up with me as I finish up my adventures in Thailand. At this point, I'll probably be in my like final couple weeks. Um, go check me out on socials. Uh, probably Instagram will be the most, and uh, see what Mark's up to with his lens sports galore um, over on his channel. Oh, such exciting things! Until uh, the next time uh, I return, have fun. Bye. Bye.